0: Hello, Hello there! Man. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. This is episode forty-seven of Star Wars in a Galaxy. This is our second episode of season six of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Today we're doing something a little strange mm-hmm. because usually, you know, the Clone Wars episodes come in these nicely wrapped arcs. You know, they're, they're nice bits of chocolate wrapped in those wrapped in those boxes. But today we got two very good, mind you, but still stand-alone episodes. These two episodes have, and I kid you not, literally nothing to do with each other. Um, they feature some of the same characters, but they—they are, they are two separate episodes with two separate arcs and stories and ideas. Um, I'm excited to get into both of them.
1: Arc Troopers start off this episode on the wiry world of Camino. I don't know why I said that because this whole thing takes place on Camino but general grievous he's got his star fleet. he's headed for camino he's going in he's coming in hot there's a huge space battle um anakin's up there he's a uh, he's spinning around at his starfighter he's having a grand old time but obi-wan realizes hey something's fishy here look at all this debris from the starships that are that's uh, fallen into the water so he uh goes for a swim as he puts it in a submarine and he discovers that all the fallen debris from the destroyed separatist ships was actually carrying the droids and the droids are underwater assembling these giant robot squids that they're using to attack kamino obi-wan barely escapes with his life and the attack begins improper there's a lot of confusion a lot of chaos fives is there echo is there uh, 99 is there um we get some great duel action. Uh, Grievous comes down to the surface. He duels Kenobi. Ventress comes down to the surface. She heads for the DNA bank. She is foiled, of course, by Anakin. She duels Anakin. Fives has a very emotional, tragic death. No. Um, no, he doesn't. Fives? Well, I meant 99. Said, I said Fives. No, yeah, I meant 99. 99 is a very emotional, tragic death. Fives' emotional, tragic death is. His emotional tragic death doesn't happen for uh, quite a few more seasons. So we've got a lot of of ground to cover before uh, before we shed any tears for our good friend CT five 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 five. But for now, we're going to be shedding plenty for ninety nine. Yeah. But ninety nine sacrifice helps the clones drive off the droids. Oh yeah, and Shock T is there too, but she doesn't do all that much. So we can gloss over (laughs) that for now. Yeah.
0: This always stuck in my mind when I was watching it and I think it was because the Galaxy of Heroes modeled its entire General Skywalker event um around this episode. This episode feels really cinematic to me. I don't oh, know I what it so. is about it, but the duels and the lines and the moments feel very much like they could be in a movie. That's not talking about, it's not even talking about the quality, I'm just saying like the the tone feels very cinematic. You know, if we got... Like the like the Clone Wars movie feels very cinematic. Like the Siege of Mandalore feels very cinematic. This, Ark Troopers, feels, feels very, very cinematic. Um, yeah,
1: I, I see that, yeah.
0: Should probably get into that fortune cookie of ours. Um, yes, we should. Fighting a war tests a soldier's skills. Defending his home tests a soldier's heart.
1: Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much what we got. <laughs> yep, you know, that's, that's I, I, I seem it, to you remember
0: know? somebody else in some other Star Wars something saying something about this. Like, I don't know, I Jacob, remind me. It's like I think she starts it with "That's how we'll win, not by fighting what ah, we hate, but, but,
1: but by, saving by saving what we love." What we love. Yes, yes, I mean, uh, you are you are correct. You
0: know. And like um, I will, all, I also put in some other um, quotes uh, from around Star Wars. There's that uh, quote um, Yoda from Rebels. He's talking to Ezra, "How Jedi choose to fight." The question is: This episode is about the clones realizing it's actually quite a deserter-esque episode in this way. And you know, I will bring it back to that episode because it's no, you will it's, because it's about them. It's about them fighting for something, you know. Um, yeah, 100%. What is the only battle cry we ever hear throughout the other, like, hundred of episodes of The Clone Wars from the clones?
1: For the Republic.
0: For the Republic! This is not just for the Republic. This is for their homes. This is for their existence as clones. There's that incredible line later in the episode that I want to talk about when Fives says, this is, like, wait, maybe one of my favorite Fives quotes just ever your training is in your blood and my blood is boiling for a fight
1: yeah pretty much i mean i think cody even says it straight up at some point he just says this is our home it's personal for us and that pretty much that encapsulates so this is really it's personal for the clones and i think it's this is really reflected in 99 for example you know he not he may not be the most skilled you know he may not be the buffest guy on the block obviously he has some some physical problems but he still puts his all into the fight and that in the end it's people not necessarily fighting because they're the most skilled but fighting because they have their heart and fighting because their hearts in the right place that pulls out the victory and I think that's something that kind of connects back to a lot of the battles and a lot of the, the different stories in Star Wars, kind of, they kind of end up being, you know, thinking of the prequels and the original trilogy also, and the sequels as well, about, they're all about not fighting because you're going to win, but fighting because you have to win, kind of, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah.
0: It's, it's not... Fighting it's with not, heart rather than muscle. Yeah. It, you know, I was actually going to just mention this. There's a line um, where Fives and Echo are explaining the situation to 99, and what does 99 say? This is one of the best lines of the episode. Well, how can I help? Nothing about the fact that he can't fight, nothing about the fact no, well, how can I help? I wrote a little bit of a thing here, you know. At at the crux of Star Wars, Luke hears, like, like you're saying, Luke hears about the rebellion against the Empire and the Death Star and the plans and all of that complicated stuff and going, well, how can I help? Anakin looks at Qui-Gon and Padme and Jar Jar and the trade dispute and the Padres and all that stuff and goes, well, how can I help? Rey finds a mysterious little droid in the desert and hears about the First Order and classifications and portions and all that. How can I help? Um, There's that quote from Phantom Menace. Uh, Mom, you always say the biggest problem in this universe is that nobody helps one another. And I think one of the points of Star Wars is to... Prove that statement wrong as many times as it can.
1: Eli, did yeah. you say portions?
0: <laughs> I might have said that.
1: I think uh, I heard you say portions. I, I, We're I, not I, there I, yet. I might have said that. Slow your I, roll, Eli. Slow down. We I, was, I, was to,
0: I was trying to ramble on, and I think I might have stuck <laughs> that in there.
1: Um, nice. You're, you're, nice. You're lucky that
0: OG hasn't come out yet. um Yes,
1: I'm lucky he hasn't shown up <laughs> taking my kneecaps. <laughs> Uh, yeah.
0: Watch out, though. I've been missing that guy for a couple months. He's coming back in the Vader comic. They've just been on a hiatus. The next one's April 28th. I'll be ranting All right. when that
1: happens. Where, where do we really start if we want to go through this episode? Because there is... It feels like this is an episode where it's very... It feels like it's very straightforward, but also... There's a lot, there going, on. Is a lot going on. Like yeah. There is a lot going on. Um,
0: well, I want to point out first, when 99 asks... Fives and echo where heavy is.
1: Yeah. Oh my I heart. Mean, that moment. Oh. And you and you see um who I, I can't remember which of the clones but one of them has the minigun painted on his armor. Is that is that Fives in honor of Heavy?
0: It might be. I didn't notice that actually. And that ninety nine stalls is the medallion that Heavy gave him. Is so so touching. Um. Yeah. I was talking with somebody about this the other day. There's an idea of. You know, when we're talking about nostalgia, um, there is what I call internal nostalgia and external nostalgia. Um, this is internal nostalgia used in Star Wars, which is an interesting thing because it's most often external nostalgia. Internal nostalgia is when a something references itself. You know what I mean? Mm. The cl- you, you feel you feel for Fives, you feel for Echo. Not because of something outside of the Clone Wars, but because of something inside the Clone Wars. It's, it's, that, it's, a, it's, it's that very strong character development in there. Talked about this in episodes, like, with the, the grievous intrigue and the deserter and all those stuff. This is a perfect illustration of why the Republic wins the, and the Separatists lose. The clones are still fighting for something. And the droids are not fighting for anything. They're just fighting to fight.
1: They've been programmed to, There yep. may be battle droid society, but they don't have a choice at the end of the day.
0: They don't. And
1: yeah, I guess you could argue that the clones don't really have a choice either, but well, you know.
0: we all have a hey, choice. Hey,
1: if you wanted to talk about the deserter, <laughs> I'm I'm serving it up on a silver platter. You know, I yeah, even, I glad to say. Like, didn't come even, on. I didn't even realize, I, I just walked, look, I'm, I, look, I'm sorry, Eli, I didn't even realize I was going to bring it back to that, but I just, as soon as I said it, I just realized, wait, I just walked right into that one.
0: You straight did. up you totally walked did. into it you totally did
1: i think it's crazy we're moving it over to the villain side of things for this episode that this in the clone wars is as far as i know at least on screen the first time that Ventress and grievous meet face to face
0: it does seem like that there are some cameo. dialogue interactions in the episode that suggest that yeah.
1: their rival their rivalry is hilarious though it I, is. I dig it I my,
0: that, that's one of my favorite lines from that episode General, my dear general There's yeah, nothing she's... that you have That I could want
1: Oh that's so good because that so show shows The difference between them how Grievous He's got this whole army But then Asajj Ventress is just so filled with rage That yeah. all she wants is to be a Sith She is a and... one
0: Grievous is Grievous ha- keeps Just like any good general keeps his armies Up his sleeveies But Ventress is a one woman army
1: Yeah She's just like I, I. just want to be a Sith. I want the dark side training. Gr- I, don't your, I don't care about the power. Gr- I don't care about any of this.
0: Grievous is your is your standard like dark side. Just I I I give me give me give me go 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 go. Ventress yeah. is this woman on a mission. She yeah. is filled with this like revenge and like yeah. No, I and yet
1: at the that. same time she's so lost. Also, I mean we don't really see that in this episode, but overall. Yeah. She I really mean, is. She's
0: gonna get there pretty soon, you know what I mean? Yeah, she is. As Jacob has mentioned many times, many a time in the episode, uh, in previous episodes of ours, um, is the first scene from the Clone Wars to be officially censored by Cartoon Network. Not what? the last one,
1: though. What what else got censored?
0: Uh, there were two other scenes, to my knowledge, that, got, that have gotten censored. Um, both are from the exact same arc, too. Um it's the final arc in no it's not the final. It's the penultimate arc in season five of the Clone Wars.
1: So um, which arc is one
0: that? in eminence and one in mm. Shades of Reason. Um by the way, that arc concludes with an episode you may know as the Lawless. So it's um, the uh it's the Maul and it's the Maul Mandalore arc. Yeah. Um the first in eminence um, there is a scene where Savage—they both actually involve beheading. Actually,
1: is it the scene where um? It's is it the, the scene, scene where, where uh, Visla gets beheaded by Maul? That's
0: the second. That's the second one. The first one is where Savage beheads the leader of Black Sun in. Eminence. Oh right. So it's those when, three.
1: But if I remember correctly, neither of those beheadings are actually shown on screen. I guess Cartoon Network didn't even want them to imply that there was a beheading, so they just cut it out entirely.
0: I think maybe, or something, or something like that. I don't
1: know. That's got it because I don't remember any beheadings. If I feel like I would be traumatized if I just was watching this cartoon show that there was a cartoon beheading.
0: Well, like, but, yeah, I mean, it was implied in both they those episodes. It, they don't like, like, if you look really closely, you can see the beheading, but like they don't ever show it up front and center.
1: Yeah, it's always a thing where, oh, like, the sword comes down and the camera pans behind yeah. someone else's body. But, or, like, know.
0: if you really look closely, you can see the head rolling down the stairs oh, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> That's um, nasty. If, if you look closely. Um, yeah. Not I that guess, I do. I guess that was... Not that I do. I guess Cartoon um,
1: Network did not, did not approve of that. Of they, any they of those
0: three, because they, yeah.
1: I do love the scene. I mean, you know me, it's probably predictable, but I absolutely love the moment... When the when the camera pans around and you see the dozens and dozens of Republic cruisers all lined up to defend Camino and then out of hyperspace come the dozens upon dozens of uh, Separatist cruisers and and guns blazing. I, you know, I just think the
0: episode think, gets as bored with the vehicle part as about as fast as I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. There, this is an episode after your own heart in that way. It
0: is. It's ironic because this is the episode I like uh, least in this, what well, we're reviewing in this episode.
1: Yeah. But you already knew that because yeah. the
0: second one is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. So.
1: It feels so unusual to see so many so many big warships in one place, even in Star Wars. And I think that off the bat gives you a sense of the importance, obviously, you know, but it really just kind of, to me at least, it drove home the the importance of of Camino and kind of heightened the 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 excitement levels right off the bat.
0: <laughs> one of my things about this episode this episode contains one of my favorite lightsaber duels, maybe in the entire Clone Wars series. Um, and that's the duel between Anakin and Ventress. Um, oh. because Obi Wan and Grievous fight. I mean, I love it. I like it a lot. But like, it's it, if you think about it, it's not really. It doesn't feel that special. You know what I mean? Because Grievous and Obi Wan face off like sixty thousand other times in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, but Anakin Ventress is really because it it feels like they're the prime for both of them. Anakin is the war hero, um, and this is pre Anakin going like super super dark on everything. This is yeah. This War is short Anakin. Yeah, this War Hero Skywalker versus also Prime Ventress as well.
1: You get some great action! I absolutely adore the design of the uh, the squid droids. I'm going to call them because I can't remember what they're actually called. I'm blanking like Tri- Tri- Trident or something. Trident like I class Starfighters, yeah, Trident yes, class Starfighters but... or Trident class. But, you know, they're crazy. Um, the shot remember- of them
0: landing on the the uh, on Taboca City is like holy crap
1: yeah it's it's amazing it's and, breathtaking uh, it is absolutely breathtaking there's the the whole action sequence is just amazing the intensity uh they really do a good job i'd say of showing the intensity of the clones as they're you know not only are they just not only are they fighting another battle because this isn't just another battle for them they're actually you know they're they're going out there they're trying to save their home basically it's their even i mean even though it, they weren't even though they weren't exactly born you might say this was their uh this was their this is their home this is their birthplace this is where they uh grew up this is where they trained this is their uh this is where they did their uh computerized learning pods
0: oh yeah
1: <laughs> um and uh and and whatnot
0: so 99 hands some supplies around the battlefield before eventually sacrificing himself so that um, his fellow clones could take out the droids and stop them from, uh, from taking Kamino, uh, which is so sad. It is one of the saddest death scenes in the entire show, really.
1: Yeah, because in a way it feels, it feels kind of preventable. I don't know how to explain it but I mean this is a hard moment it feels like to praise in a way that hasn't hasn't been uh investigated before i think just because like hear me out before you get mad i do think that this episode has maybe been for how for how great it is it has been lionized to quite quite an incredible degree i would say by the by the star wars community by the clone wars fan community especially. That being said, I do I do still think it definitely lives up to uh most of the hype we'll say. I'd say yeah. it lives up to like uh, seventy, maybe eighty five percent eighty five percent of the hype I would I say get I get.
0: Ninety nine's death is not one of the greatest scenes in Star
1: Wars. Yeah, but it is definitely it's really a good.
0: But it's not like our Troopers does not rank in my top ten episodes of the Clone Wars. Yeah. It's still really good. It's just not that
1: good. It's a moment, but I don't think it, it's a defining it, moment in the way that some not. people, yeah, would consider it to be. But you know, it, it you know, different strokes for different folks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it is what um, it is. Yeah, if, I have no problem with somebody whose favorite episode of the Clone Wars is Dark Troopers. I frankly understand that more than I understand a lot of episodes.
1: <laughs> um, Grievous and Ventress's rivalry is hilarious. Um, Grievous cromping down the hallways with his droids is super intimidating. It's, what did you he, think of the?
0: Grievous has become a horror villain.
1: Yeah, yeah. This was like, he was like, "I'm gonna get you." you know, they're literally busting down doors and finding all the clones hiding places, which I mean, brings me to another hilarious moment of my favorite aspect of the Clone Wars: battle droid humor. The battle droid n- gently knocking on the door before all the droids laser it down with their guns. I think that's. I think that was pretty great. But what did you think of? The Obi-Wan and Grievous duel, because I thought it was an interesting choice. And I thought there was something to it that they chose to have the two parallel duels. Obviously they had to keep Anakin and Grievous from Separate. meeting one another. Which they uh, yeah. they came perilously close to doing on several occasions, but they, uh, they didn't.
0: I get the sense that, oh, that the duel between Obi-Wan and Grievous and the duel between Anakin and Ventress are meant to show experience versus innocence. Because... Obi-Wan and Grievous has been, have been around the battlefield longer. Anakin and Ventress still has that very that inexperience. They're both like hot shots trying to prove their worth. But yeah, Obi-Wan and I Grievous agree. is like they're like they're seasoned generals meeting on the battlefield for the 60th time. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. novel about the Obi-Wan and Grievous duel. There's plenty novel about the Anakin Ventress duel.
1: Yeah, I think it's the pairings kind of show us something about each character, you know, Anakin and Ventress, both in this come off as not, not necessarily in this episode, but overall in the early seasons, I think they both have a lot of internal conflict, you know, clearly they're both uh, experiencing some, some turbulent times. And I think that's interesting that Ventress ends up arguably going to light side, or at least leaving the dark side by the end of the Clone Wars shortly before Anakin, you know, completes his uh his descent Let's to the dark into and uh the dark side. Yes, and, and joins the Sith, exactly. So I yeah. think that there is something there is something there, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um there it reminds me of a passage from I think it's, it's a book called, it's a now Legends book called Jedi vs. Sith, The Essential Guide to the Force.
1: Hey, I think I, th- I, think I have that book. You I, think probably, you may have, I think you may have even gifted that, that to me. I probably gave it you. I'm pretty, yeah, um, pretty sure you gifted that to me.
0: Yeah, that book, um, there's a passage, you should, it's really good. Um, it's weird timing because of the announcements about a certain series that might be um, <laughs> referring to something about this. It was it's a journal entry written in sixteen BBY by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan's living in hermitage on Tatooine, watching over the young Luke Skywalker. Three year this is three years after Revenge of the Sith. And he writes in a journal about the similarities between the creation of Asaj Ventress and the creation of Darth Vader.
1: Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, there you have it. And there you go. he
0: basically does he basically does what any Star Wars fan would do. You, you know all those posts about finding the like the poetry and rhymes and stuff and all that. Imagine yeah. doing that, but imagine doing that in universe that's what that's what that passage from Obi-wan is. Hey, everyone, stop saying that Ray taking the Skywalker name is dumb because she hasn't hung out with Luke and Leia enough when. When Ventress clearly is around Kyneric for like a month, and then fights back against his death for like years and years and years,
1: I'm pretty sure she's with him for more than a month. But uh, but okay, agree to uh, agree if to disagree. I guess if she's with
0: them for more than a month, then how did they never leave Rat Attack?
1: I think the whole idea is that they're trapped on Rat Attack, though, and they're trapped there for, for a long time. I thought that was the whole idea. Maybe we can. I will, I maybe am glad that they were future... trapped there for
0: a long time.
1: Yeah, maybe we can put that in a in a future Eli or future Jacob recording in this because I need to, I need to know now that you brought this up. As she grieved over her loss, Asajj would have most likely died if it weren't for the arrival of a Jedi Knight named Kynaric, who okay, never be a I, I
0: I also forgot about the fact that uh, that that when when Kynaric finds her, she's clearly a kid. Yeah, I was I don't know what oh. I was doing.
1: Okay, well you know we for all have twenty one
0: uh... years. Nerec changed. Oh. Damn it.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know what? It's fine. We all have our we all have our missteps. I'm not gonna for twenty <laughs> twenty years. Eric
0: was with was with for like a month for twenty one years.
1: It was actually twenty one years. So <laughs>
0: nice job, Eli. Nice, j- very, very. <laughs> Woo! There we go.
1: It was actually not one month, but uh, two hundred fifty two months. <laughs>
0: Wait, did you just do that math? I
1: just look, I just. I just did the math on my calculator. It's 252 months or something like that. <laughs> so. Hey,
0: look, 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 look. I was look. only off by a multiple of 252. How, yeah, is hey, that, hey, how hey. bad could
1: that be? Hey, hey. In a cosmic sense, look, look, look. The universe... <laughs> The Big Bang happened, what, billions, 13 billion 13. years ago. 13 billion look, years ago. Look, a, a 21 years, one month, there's there's no They're difference. All the, there, it's Sion, all the same. it's all look, for it's that all the same.
0: Exegorth in um, Empire Strikes Back, we found out, that's, like, pretty much the same thing anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Exegorth would probably agree with you, actually. The Exegorth would be like, yeah, they, they didn't even know each other that well. <laughs> I think Adventurous and Anakin are both, obviously, tortured souls, and it's interesting to see they kind of have... They start out on the same path, then they kind of... They, they kind of have an inverse arc where, you know, they're both fueled by their loss, tormented by it, but then Ventress kind of turns it around, but Anakin just sinks deeper and kind of is taken over completely by the dark side. Obviously, he becomes Darth Vader.
0: Yeah. It's a lot about what side they start on because what they re- both realize... At a certain point, they crack, believing that the side that they've been commonly associated on has been all of the source of their problems. So Anakin believes that the light side has been the source of his problems, and Ventress believes that the dark side has been uh, the source of her problems. Yeah. One of them is right. The other one has been manipulated by the dark side this entire time. Anyway...
1: I think it's a great moment at the end when all the clones kind of bust out of the building, right? As as Ventress is standing there, and it's kind of a, a "get off our world" moment, like a "go away, we're we're here now, and we're not going to let anything it's, it's, happen um, to our uh, it's a, all our a, brothers."
0: It's from that. It's like that moment from because you said "get off my world," which reminded me from Air Force One.
1: Yeah, get get off, it's like a, my plane. Yes, no, you're, but you're exactly right. A plane, a world. What do, what difference does it make if it's a plane or a planet? It's very much a get off my. It's a very much <laughs> hey, hey, that hey, it's hey, that hey. triumphant moment. The difference
0: between a plane and a planet is the difference between one month and two hundred fifty two.
1: Yes, the difference. Be- yes, that is absolutely right. I'm not going to say it wasn't good, but it's definitely no longer as highly ranked for me. I think I, I maybe remembered it a little more fondly than I than I experienced it. Really, because I, I, yeah. I've
0: grown on this episode. I think this episode is very, very good.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I still think it. I th- I still think it's very good. I I still, I, st- I still it's, quite. It's one of those things in like Star
0: it. Wars that it's hard to watch because of how tragic it is.
1: Yeah, I mean, the it's, it's a very. Thing. It's
0: a very. Um, I find that sometimes with Revenge of the Sith, I find that sometimes with Last Jedi, even though I adore both of those movies. Um, one significantly more than the other, but, like, even though I love both of those movies, you know what's going down, you know exactly how it's going down. You don't want to see Anakin turn. You don't want to see Order 66. You don't want to see... You don't want to see Luke away. You don't want to see... You, you don't want to see Leia be, um... Like, the that That, that scene is great, but you don't want to see Leia being... having to be unconscious for half the movie. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, ooh, I, I did find one fun trivia fact, um, Go right ahead. which is that uh, the Iwas, which are the flying whales, which Obi Wan uh, ruse whenever he meets them because it means he's fallen into the ocean. Were actually based on unused concept art from The Empire Strikes Back. So a little bit of a Dagobah? whole circle, circle moment. I can only assume that it's Dagobah. I could I could potentially see it being Hoth, but I
0: think it's I, Dagobah. I, I think like
1: Dagobah is just.
0: I, I got one piece, they of I, I one piece of evidence for you One piece evidence for you that's not Hoth. What? There's not enough life on this. Ice cube to fill a star Cruiser.
1: You don't think? You don't think that on Hoth? You don't think it could be like a, a some I kind of a it. weird snow space flyer? Yeah. On, okay. That's fair. On, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, like ahead.
0: because like what do we see on Hoth? We see the Tauntauns. We see the Wampas. That's it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. I just. Yeah. yeah. I mean. I mean, I adore yeah.
0: Hoth, but, like, yeah. Um, it
1: could have been. Maybe it was Best Spin, though. I, I could see it being Best Spin, because Best Spin is a Yeah, other the than creatures.
0: Ugnaughts.
1: Yeah, other than Ugnaughts. I guess they do have those giant jellyfish whale things that are alluded to a lot, but um, I guess they're not alluded to in the movie. Or
0: oh, are you thinking, like, Pergils live? Mm,
1: no. No, not Pergils. No, um these giant jellyfish well things—they—they—they they get talked about in, um, I think in, in legends there might there might be some legends thing where they they think they're the source of the the Tabonagas, and then I think in canon they're mentioned. Wait, I think they're mentioned wait, in don't tell from you a certain to, point of view.
0: Those
1: th- those things fart. Then. Oh God, they fart. <laughs> sorry, like I'm sorry. Natural gas,
0: Tabana gas. <laughs> I mean, come on, it was maybe right the, maybe, there.
1: Maybe they exhale it. Maybe, let's just, let's just okay, say they exhale sure. it.
0: Sphere of Influence. This is one of my personal favorite episodes of the Clone Wars. Um, in Sphere of Influence, um, in an attempt to get them to join the Separatists, um, the Trade Federation blockades the Republic-loyal wor- world of Pantora. Pantora, since we've last seen them in the episode Crespass, has gotten a new leader. His name is Baron Papanoida. Um, you can see him in *Revenge of the Sith*, being played by uh, series creator George Lucas. Um, and Papanoida and uh, the still alive Senator Chuchi venture to Coruscant to speak to the higher ups in the Republic about this whole blockade. Um, Papanoida also brings his son Ion and two daughters, Chi Ikwe and Che Amanwe, to Coruscant as well. Um, while alone in their apartment, um, as further leverage um, to join the Separatists, um, they the Trade Federation hires bounty hunters to kidnap um, Cheyamanwe and Ch'ikwe. Um They take one of them on to uh, a Trade Federation warship, um, and then they take the other one into the town of Most Eisley on the planet of Tatooine, um, and as, um, Senator Chuchi recruits her good friend Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano to, um, rescue one of them on the Trade Federation warship, uh, and then Papanoida and, um, his son Ion go to the planet of Tatooine to eventually rescue the other one. Uh, they bring both back to Coruscant, um, and in turn, for not completely ratting them out, um, the Trade Federation graciously gives uh, the
1: sisters back to, uh, their father. As, uh, anyone who has seen this episode may be able to guess, um, one of the main characters is, uh, literally, uh, Blue George Lucas. And I think I I should mention that, um, uh, Chairman Papanoida is, he's literally based on Lucas's cameo in Revenge of the Sith. And the Papanoida children are also actually based on George Lucas's kids, so I she, think this is like very Cheia much a, a family affair for uh for George Lucas.
0: Yeah, I mean Cheya um, one of his kids is named Amanda, so yeah, <laughs> and another one is named Katie, and she is also a writer on the Clone Wars. She was one of the three writers on this episode.
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, With there you go,
0: Drew Greenberg and Stephen Melching. Uh, yep, that 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 does not. That's not uh, surprising for me. Let's talk about this terrible fortune cookie, though. Um, a child stolen is a hope lost.
1: I'm like, sure.
0: There are uh, so many other good fortune cookies that could have gone from this episode, and they chose this one.
1: Yeah, I think I think the one thing I can say to is yes, I agree. You shouldn't kidnap children. <laughs> Kidnapping children <laughs> is not good. Don't take yes. children, but like, I feel like they could have come up with something better but i think what's interesting is that they say that even though they say that for the fortune cookie despite the fact that this whole episode is kind of about blue george lucas or should i as, as he insists on us calling him a chairman papa Noida, he, the chair. yeah, chairman Papanoida constantly maintains hope he never he never really shows obviously he's probably feeling some things about his Two of his children being kidnapped by uh, this giant evil mega corporation. <laughs> but, Actually, like,
0: here's one. Here, I, I got a better one. I got, I got, I have a um a better fortune cookie for the Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. That is from Last Jedi.
1: I think that really, it's not about like children being the source of hope, but rather. How well Papanoida maintains hope, even when it, it seems like it's going to be very difficult to get his um his daughters back. But I think that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not afraid, but I think that just shows I guess the power of a parent's love that they never even stop to think this is dangerous, we need help. He's just like, no, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get my kids back and in a way I think that's even in a way I think that's even more just heartwarming the the way I don't know to me just just his uncompromising dedication you know
0: yeah um i uh, let's just get into this episode um i think um one of my favorite things I was saying to Jacob uh, before we were recording, I was saying this. One of my favorite things about this episode is that it goes there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could have gone anywhere, and they do this. Um, in my plot summary, I didn't mention a lot of the specifics. Like, for example, that the bounty hunter who um, kidnapped Chi and Chae my one of them was Greedo. Um, I also didn't mention the fact that. Um, the the place, I, I mentioned that they um, took them to Mos Eisley, but I didn't mention that the final shootout was literally in the cantina.
1: Yeah, that, I mean, that was pretty...
0: Like, in the cantina. I also didn't mention that Chairman Papanoida and Ion go to Jabba's palace.
1: Yeah, I kind of love how... Yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> it's great.
0: It is. So, I was talking about internal nostalgia a little bit earlier. This is the opposite. This is external nostalgia. External nostalgia often gets called by a much more derogatory name that we've heard so many times that I think gets a bad rap. External nostalgia is often called fan service. Yeah,
1: kind of. You know, which, kind of making the, making the callbacks, making the yeah, hey, making hey the look references. at this place, look at us. Look I, I call
0: this. I, I call this episode um, in my notes a reference carnival. Which yeah, it, this was is.
1: absolutely just so many references yeah. here.
0: But I actually don't understand why, like, many degrade that as a bad thing. I think it works in this episode's favor.
1: But you, um, you like it here.
0: I do, because they use old, because, like, you know, we see Obi-Wan cut Pondababa's arm off in the cantina in New Hope.
1: Yeah, but we do.
0: when have we seen a full-blown bar fight in the cantina?
1: yeah like, that, i mean that's, that's a pretty they, yeah that was pretty crazy the way it was just and i mean i, I credit to our crazy. i don't know how much george lucas had to do if it, if this was still at the point when he was in the writer's room kind of working on the clone Wars, hashing was. out the details but i can just imagine him saying and then he whips out the dual pistols and starts spraying at the gangsters and then he does this and it's just oh you know what we're, what we're gonna do with this you know yeah, yeah.
0: Hopanoida <laughs> guy. is. is we're, we're going to make him a complete badass. And we're going to make him super wise and super intelligent, but we're also going to make him a We're also going to make him a really good fighter. Yeah. We yeah. well, George, I don't know why why you do that. I mean, isn't this isn't this character just like kind of you?
1: Oh, uh, yes. And
0: Dave Dave, <laughs> Dave, I hesitate to see a problem with that yeah. comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah i i i, I agree it's, it's funny it's very funny
0: uh my favorite is so there's this verbal sparring at the beginning between chuchi and the federation watch how chuchi stands up to the federation it's great i need more senator chuchi in my life it's yeah. incredible sorry, that sorry, she chuchi. appears chuchi. it's incredible to me that she only appears in two episodes of the clone wars it's yeah. it's shocking, um, because she's such a great character, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's great. The trade fe- the trade federation doesn't frighten me. Uh yeah. It's it's just so great. I I also love Ahsoka's relationship with Chuchi. I think they have a really interesting relationship because, um, I think through I think through Chuchi we learn a lot about Ahsoka's role as a Jedi. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Um,
0: yeah. There's that idea, which there's a line I love, which heavily rebuts this video game thinking with the Force. Remember when they're sneaking around on the Federation ship, and Chuchi um, asks Ahsoka if why she can't just sense um, where, the, where the Chairman's Daughters are? And Ahsoka goes, it's not like it's something I could just turn on or off. Yeah. Which seems like a complete rebuttal of video gamifying the force.
1: Yeah, where it's not just like, oh, you have these. It's it's not just like, boom, activate this power, boom, do this. Yeah, yeah. The lightsaber is not a baseball bat, so to say. It is.
0: It is not a baseball bat. Um, even though Ahsoka just clubs those battle droids right at the end of this episode. Yeah. But yeah, we see Greedo actually shoot first.
1: Um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy that Greedo. Shows up in here only to like uh, have the world's most, only to have like the world's most determined dad and a George Lucas self insert on his ass, also Ahsoka and um, Ryo Chuchi. So, I mean, he really does have either he has some terrible judgment or some really, really terrible luck. Probably both, I would say.
0: I was about to mention luck because. What is the title of Gre- Greedo's story in, from a certain point of view, A New Hope?
1: I cannot remember.
0: The luckless Rodian.
1: He is so luckless in this episode, he just gets himself the, the, the in dude, all the worst I think, positions possible. I think
0: Greedo possible. exists, I think Greedo only exists in the Star Wars universe to get his ass constantly handed to him.
1: <laughs> it's so sad, yeah. There's even a part, I don't, I don't think this is canon anymore, but there's even a part in the Bounty Hunter Guild book where Bosk alleges that Greedo fell off a parked speeder bike one time. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about this guy, I don't know what does. Honestly. So I mean, yeah, rip Greedo. I don't know. Hashtag rip <laughs> And I
0: also, I also like. I'm not exactly sure that's true.
1: Yeah, maybe you Bosk I mean? isn't the real. I mean, obviously, Bosk probably not the most could, reliable narrator. I can just
0: see Bosk going uh by the way watch this um yeah
1: yeah i mean but still if that's I, the kind I of energy you're putting out in the world once. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was parked <laughs> thank you I, like, I, I do it. that is definitely the kind of energy that he puts out in that he has and puts out into the world so i mean I don't know you can only get so far with that so whether or not it's true it's kind of a testament to how people how the how those various writers who contribute to star wars how they see how they see greedo for sure i mean yeah they wouldn't i mean they wouldn't do that to luke skywalker actually i could totally see them doing that i can totally see someone having luke skywalker fall off a of parks we so no that's not the best comparison oh yeah but,
0: definitely actually um yeah, I mean, like young Luke, the Toshi station to pick up some power converters, Luke. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. Also, this is the funny thing for me. I mean, this doesn't really contradict anything, but Greedo speaks basic in this episode. Did that yeah. bother you at all?
1: Um, no. It does make me question why he he speaks it originally, but I guess it does bring up. I guess which I guess I'll drop in now a good trivia tidbit. Which is that um Greedo was actually originally intended to speak English, or I guess basic in a new hope, but they changed it in editing. I'm not I'm not sure why they did it. I don't know what the rationale was. Yeah. But I don't know, inter- interesting nonetheless. I guess then it, it, that does leave me with some questions about why oh he's speaking God. in uh He's not speaking Rodian, he's he's speaking Hatties, right?
0: Hatties. Yeah, why is he speaking Hatties
1: Um, if he could be speaking... Why is he
0: speaking Hatties? I will say this, Jacob. There's only one word I can use to describe Rito's performance in this episode.
1: Or. Rito really
0: McClunkied his way across this episode.
1: Yes, it it was literally quite clunky. And yes, it was a McClunky moment all through and through. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Just imagine... (laughs)
1: Uh, i was just like oh grito just imagine buddy. a
0: scene just a, a deleted scene um it's it's between what uh, um it's when they're walking uh um grito to the cantina where his where where he says their uh, his daughter is um they're just walking him um and i and grito says i'll give you your daughter but i must warn you this might get a little clunky up in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah I think it is pretty cool in this episode how we how we see the the ambassador, Mister um, uh, Mr., uh, Mister Papanoida. I forgot his name there for a sec. Baron son Baron Papanoida. Baron, Baron Papanoida, kind of just a badass. Baron Papanoida and his son just kind of badass their way to victory. No force, no Jedi, just them kind of using their their wits and their. Uh, yeah. George Papanoida Lucas. Papanoida seems powers. like a Jedi. Yeah. He, he yeah. I know he has that confidence about him, which I he think does. is cool. Because um, I think often in Star Wars, it kind of gets a little bit to the point of oh, like you're not a Jedi, you can't really do this. Oh no, but I mean, uh, clearly, uh, I guess clearly, it's not the case. So yeah,
0: here's something interesting. I was thinking about this episode. This is a great moment for Ahsoka with learning things with her mind trick thing. Because Ahsoka succeeds on the mind trick perfectly, she's ju- she's just forgotten the. You know there is a, there is something with the Jedi mind trick, which is like like a, a an element to be careful what you wish for. You know what I mean? Yeah. The idea of being, you know, Ahsoka mind tricks the guard on the ship to say, "You uh you will let us. You will let me pass." you'll let us pass um and then she goes by but chuchi's stopped um but then she has to clarify to the guard you will let us both pass yeah um uh, which is really cool i I really like that little moment when ahsoka and um chuchi rescue um ch- uh which, whichever one it is um and um then ahsoka destroys the battle uh battle droids around sib kane who's one of the nemoidian um uh, people he goes I want my litigator.
1: <laughs> Which is yeah, I mean,
0: such a funny moment. Yeah.
1: I thought it was pretty funny this whole episode watching the Trade Federation try and pretend that they were staying neutral and watching the, the, the CEOs try, try to just um kind of maintain the facade even as, you know, Ahsoka Tano just like a ran- Jedi randomly shows up on their ship and starts freeing are highly classified political prisoners and you know it's i mean for them it's it's crazy so I, mm-hmm. I found that i found that pretty funny but it did kind of it does kind of deepen the debate of how much is the Trade federation actually different or how much are they actually in league with the separatists because we hear people say like i think at some point there's a senate hearing i think in the ryloth arc the ryloth arc with them um, i'm a gun die I guess that episode with Jar Jar and Bail Organa and Amagandai where he said, where, where one of the, um, I think it might be Lot Dodd says, you know, supply lines. Yeah. So we're supply lines that were are Lot Dodd, um, in a way that I think is clearly meant to be like an unreliable narrator moment where, where Lot Dodd says, we are not the trade federation, you know, Nuka is an extremist, but then, at the same time, we have episodes of the Clone Wars where they per- where they literally create entirely new ship designs so that they don't have to use Trade Federation ships to show how the Trade Federation is different, and then by the time Revenge of the Sith comes along, they're one and the same, kind of, and well, the Trade I, Federation's I, kind of more in league with the Separatists. I,
0: I think the idea is the, the Trade Federation... I don't think the Trade Federation isn't in league with the Separatists. I think all the talk about the Trade Federation being neutral as we see in this, as we see in the show repeatedly, time over time, time and time, time and time out, is bullshit. I do think that you gotta remember the separatists didn't have as much time to start building their own weaponry as the Trade Federation did. You know what I mean? Under the guise yeah. of security, the Trade Federation was building uh, stuff for their own, like for their own gain hundreds of years before the movies where the separatists only got a few years before the clone wars to start doing stuff so i think it's a matter of you know the trade federation existed long before the separatists but when this but when the separatists got started they just hopped on the bandwagon you
1: know what i mean yeah yeah i i think that's a i don't think think they're that separate i just
0: think they're just older um (laughs) yeah um which one of these episodes did you like better
1: Hmm, I would say I liked ARC Troopers better, but I think yeah. they both definitely had their merits. I mean, I, obviously, they were very, very different episodes. I very think that episodes. ARC Troopers was one of those very straightforward, kind of, it felt like an A-plot A episode, you know? Yeah. Tied into the big picture, very dramatic, big battles, heartthrob, heart-wrenching oh, This is all it is. ARC moments. Troopers
0: is Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. And Sphere of Influence is the Phantom Menace.
1: Yeah. And then I think Sphere of Influence felt more like those, I want to, I, I know it's not exactly accurate to what they, the terms actually, but it feels like a B-plot episode in comparison to the A-plot episode that is Arc where, is, You know, it's a little more on the, not exactly the silly side, but you know, it's, it's very unexpected. You know, you're taking, taking you to some more obscure locales. Like they feel like, they feel very emblematic of, these two different sides of the Clone Wars. We have one side of the big dramatic battles and and the big picture stuff. You know, lot, lots of fighting, big battlefield, and then on the other side of that, on the other side of that, you have these these kind of wacky, wacky, uncharacteristic type episodes.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. What you've brought me to die is worth. One quarter portion. Okay, let's do this. Um, today's let's Star Wars opinions. It. Jacob and I have two opinionated Star Wars questions. Um, Jacob, go ahead with your first one.
1: All right, this is a this is a bit of a different question, but bear with me here. What non-Star Wars book, movie, or show? reminds you the most of some aspect or story within star wars and why is it essential for star wars fans to take a look at
0: ah yes okay so i'm gonna cheat
1: okay if you need some time that's fine no i I already have my answers
0: i already have my answers all right i'm going to cheat i'm going to talk about two movies that you're going to roll your eyes at but there's nothing you can (laughs) do about this because it's not star wars okay okay two movies One of them is a little movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. And the other one is a little movie called Temple of Doom.
1: Good old Indiana Jones. Indiana
0: Jones. Um, Of course, they were created by most of the same people. And Harrison Ford, John Williams, Julian Glover, all from Star Wars stuff. But if you're looking to get into the more adventure sides of Star Wars the Wayfinder stuff in Rise of Skywalker, you know, the, um, I've been hearing a lot of, about a lot of Relic stuff in the High Republic, a lot of, and a lot of just stuff in the original trilogy with that adventure element, um, uh, on Endor, on Tatooine, on Hoth, um, you'll get a lot of that in Indiana Jones, and especially those first two movies, which are, which, I, which are, like, two of my favorite Again, I love Last Crusade, I don't like Kingdom Crystal Skull that much, but I love Temple of Doom. I love Raiders. Um, Both of them have that very adventure feel. And just that boulder scene from Raiders and a bunch of the weird temple stuff from Temple of Doom are just such great, just, stuff. They're just great adventure movies. What do you got with you right now?
1: Alright. So. I have... For my best non-Star Wars book, show, or movie that reminds me of some aspect of Star Wars, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, my goodness! I just finished want to watching the show. An
0: entire episode about the similarities between um, Avatar: The Last Airbender and Star Wars. You should go check out. We'll leave this as a link in the podcast notes um an episode um former guest uh Devor and former guest Pris did on a larger view of the force comparing Avatar the Last Airbender and Star
1: Wars. Man Go I really should have man I really wish I could have gotten in on that. That sounds like such fun. I just finished it. It is such a good show. Really check it out if you have not. I highly recommend it to anyone. But I was thinking and and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense to me, especially since I love both of these shows. Star Wars Rebels is the avatar of star wars i think i think they both are obviously avatar a little more centrally than rebels but they are both very mystical they are both very spiritual they both focus they both emphasize destiny and found family and they both revolve around a a small central cast of characters who are who are going on um various adventures and you might even say that the ghost the ship that the rebels crew uses is very similar to oppa who of course is the uh giant 10 ton flying bison from avatar so yeah I, i really recommend it it really kind of scratched that rebels itch for me and it was still a fantastic show in its own right you know really digging into the themes that i mentioned before and it really it reminded me a bit of Star Wars as a whole as well. It's a really great show. Okay. What's your first question?
0: Um, My first question. You know, you got your Star Wars that you love. You got your Star Wars that you hate. What's a Star Wars that you feel meh about? It's good, but it's not anything special to you.
1: Hmm. Uh, this, this is an interesting one. Um, do you want to? Do you want to go? Or I, I guess I should go first since you you're should, asking me. Yeah. There are quite a few things that I that I feel about, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna make this a twofer. I'm going to say the <laughs> anthology movies. Solo.
0: Very interesting.
1: And. Rogue one. Oh no! I should have said Mandalorian. Oh, it's too late now. But oh. yes, also also the Mandalorian. I also feel the same way about oh the Mandalorian. Oh my god. I was
0: literally about to say, for mine, were two, Rogue One and season one of The Mandalorian.
1: Oh my god, okay. Well, we'll split this up then. I'll take Solo and Rogue One. You take Rogue One and Mandalorian. I think that the anthology movies so far, Solo and Rogue One, I I think they are both... You know, I I could talk for hours as I think we have before, not on the podcast, about how I feel like Solo and Rogue One feel like the yin and yang to each other. They feel like two sides of the same coin in terms of what each one kind of did well and where each one fell short but for me i think they're both movies that different people for various different reasons really really love and to be honest i don't about that yeah and there's nothing wrong i i I, if you love both of them more power to you i quite enjoy both those movies however i don't think i quite enjoy solo yeah
0: i can't say the same for rogue one for myself but that's fine
1: yeah in in my opinion i think rogue one great movie solo good movie. no rogue one not great movie Rogue One, good movie. Solo, pretty good movie, but both of them, I think, don't live up, in my experience, to the hype that that people uh, uh place on them um for for different reasons. But again, yeah, that's yeah. that's pretty much all there is to uh.
0: Rogue One didn't feel like it worked for me just because I don't know the story beats and the character development fell flat for me. Um, I really love the tone of Rogue One. The tone of Rogue One is perfect, um, which is why it's not bad. It's just meh for me. Um, Mandalorian. Let me clarify Mandalorian. Mandalorian for me. Again, season two, I'm going to tell this. Season two of The Mandalorian is masterful. Most everything that comes out of season two of The Mandalorian is really, really good. The show really hit its stride in season two. I'm very excited for season three. The Mandalorian Season 2 was incredible. The Mandalorian Season 1 was good. There was nothing inherently wrong about the Mandalorian Season 1. It felt predictable to me. It felt like stories that I'd seen before. It didn't feel wow. like the Mandalorian Season 1 was offering a lot new to the table.
1: Yeah, I, I would say the word I would use to describe Mandalorian Season 1 is formulaic. Uh, you is agree formula with me
0: Season 2, right?
1: Yeah, I, I think I like Season 2 a bit better. I don't particularly love either of them. But okay, I, yeah, I, I love agree with you. Two. I love season two. one feels a bit formulaic. Yes,
0: yeah, season one of The Mandalorian, to me at least, feels a little bit like, you know, I, I knew it was going to, like, of course there were a bunch of different surprises. Like, for example, I had no idea we were going back to Tatooine. Even though that episode wasn't the best in terms of just general story, the, the beat of going to Tatooine was interesting. The beat of robbing... Not robbing of uh, breaking into the 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 prison ship in the prisoner. It was interesting. Moth Gideon, Moth when Moth Gideon held the Dark out in the, in like that epilogue portion of season one. I'm like, that's it. That's the originality I needed. You know what I mean? That's the that's the that's the that's opening the world up. That's getting us to some new ideas and new stories. And from there, in the martial... In the in the Jedi, in the tragedy, we uh, in season two we get a lot of more new ideas and new story beats other than the traditional Western beat. Again, I have nothing wrong. There was nothing inherently wrong about season one of the Mandalorian. nothing there was nothing bad. That's not sorry, I kept saying wrong, there's nothing bad. It just felt a little bit too familiar to me. That's that's all it is.
1: Hmm.
0: Jacob let's yeah, get I here. understand that second opinion question
1: all right my second question let me just pull that up real quick the cast and by okay the central character cast the characters of which star wars tv show or film do you think would be the best for a a a comedy sitcom um
0: interesting. interesting 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 I feel the uh, you know the Dave gif, um, Dave at the premiere interesting, of the Mandalorian. Yeah. Interesting, 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 interesting.
1: interesting. interesting, interesting. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, what I want to say off the gut of my head just because of how funny, unintentionally funny, a lot of the lines were in this trilogy. I mean, just imagine the cast of Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would be. Hayden, I think-
0: Natalie. Uh, Ewan, Sam Jackson, Frank Oz, um, Ian McDermott, Bruce yeah, Spence, I mean... um, what's his name, Silas Carson, Matt Wood.
1: Yeah, yeah, not all of that.
0: I'm gonna go with Revenge of the Sith, yeah.
1: Yeah, and for this one, I would have to say, it's tough, I think I might go with, um... The the original trilogy cast, I think. I don't know, I would love to see that play out. I think that would be pretty funny.
0: And my final question. So, um, I want to talk about Clone Force 99, um, also known okay. as The Bad Batch. They have a show coming up. Um, you know, we've seen some trailers yes. and stuff. Um, as with any star wars mediums there are going to be twists and turns in the bad batch what is a twist that you want to see in the bad batch
1: the twist i want to see in the bad batch oh, the t- that's a tough question um
0: just judging by the trailers and stuff you know what i mean i
1: guess if it goes on for a few years i think they have to get, i think they would have to get the timing right and kind of stretch it out a little bit but I would love to see the characters reacting in universe to encountering an imperial class star destroyer for the first time. Because I think that during the Bad Batch, I hope that we will definitely get some of this transition between imperial tech and or in between going from republic technology to imperial technology. Is what I mean to say. You know, and we have this whole period where, obviously, we've already seen in the comics this period where we have the. The republic ships just painted painted gray and and black but i really want to see kind of that transition i want to see the first tie fighters you know the first imperial class star destroyers so i think they could do a really cool dramatic because we already know kind of that the, the design of the imperial glass Star Destroyer is meant to be very in- intimidating and meant to be dominant so i think we could definitely get a great Thanks. reveal there with some of the characters just Getting their jaws drawn. So,
0: like a Final Order esque reveal from like Rise of Skywalker in that yeah. like, that like they didn't know like the Bad Batch didn't know how developed the Imperial fleet already was something like that.
1: Yeah, I mean it would have to be maybe if maybe in like Bad Batch season three, season four, season five if there is one down the line like the first Star Destroyer or whatnot. But I definitely think something like that could be a and
0: then like imagine could be a hear, lot of fun. You know, it's Kev- it's Kev- it's Kevin Kiner doing the story again. But imagine, because Kevin Kiner would totally do this, um, if you if if they just saw the Star Destroyer and in the background you heard bomb 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 bomb, that would be incredible. That would be a good reveal. Mine is related to Omega. You know the kid we saw in the trailer. So, you know Omega is clearly shaping up. It it looks from the trailers at least to be the Grogu of this series. You know, it seems yeah. like the Bad Batch will take Omega under their wing, um, much like Din does to Grogu in The Mandalorian. But what if they don't? What if she's with them for a mission, and then what if either they drop her off and are somewhere safe or something like that, and we just never see them again? uh we see never see Omega again. Or what if they or what if Omega betrays them to the Empire or something like that? Yeah, I mean I think this is rooted from a personal desire not to just see a repeat of the Mandalorian. Um but I think it would be really interesting from a story perspective to you know we have that hook with the Mandalorian where we didn't know it was gonna be about the kid, but then it develops to be about the kid. What if we do an opposite hook in the Bad Batch where it looks like it's going to be about the kid, but it's not? Yeah, I, I could. I think that would be fascinating.
1: Yeah, I could, I could see that happening. I could I could see that. That would be interesting.
0: That's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the stars we, uh, we can get our hands on. Um, next week, what are we doing next week, Jacob? Let's see what we're doing. Next week, we got a messy ass arc. We got a messy arc.
1: Ooh.
0: Evil Plans, Hostage Crisis, Hunt for Zero. That's 3 8, one, 22, and 3 9 in that order. Um, we're going to see what the hell's happening with the Zero the Hut and why it impacts the rest of the galaxy. Um, uh, until then, follow us um, on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars In a Galaxy. Um, you can listen to us. Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you listen to your podcasts, we're going to be there. Um, Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, We are Star Wars in a Galaxy. Leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help. We love seeing those five-star ratings and reviews. Um, And You can email us with your questions and hot takes and Six Degrees of Star Wars and all that stuff at galaxy at Um, gmail.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Always.